I V M. Hey everyone, welcome to Shunya One, episode one hundred and thirty-eight. Just me doing the intro here today because Amit wasn't available. But when we did have this chat with a very special guest today, me and Amit both got a chance to speak to, I would say, one of the. foremost entrepreneurs in india someone who has obviously done massively well his startup dream 11 has done amazingly well in just defining a new category scaling their business understanding exactly what the audience needs especially in india in the category that they have created and defined and uh, it was my pleasure to obviously talk to harsh about his journey his motivations and his story behind what actually makes dream 11 tick and where they'll go from here so let's jump in and and hope you guys enjoy the show all right hey welcome to the show harsh how are you doing good thank you doing fine hope all is well with you as well and this crazy times yes yes you know i was saying earlier we only meet on screen with everyone nowadays we keep meeting on podcasts or forums or <laughs> internal calls with your team i'm guessing Yeah, hopefully this has been the case for one and a half years, and I'm really, really hopeful that 2022 at least will see us getting back to life as normal. Uh, I hope we're not that far away. I really hope we're not that far away. I, I think, I think internally, like at everyone's own workplace, people will get back, but I think external meetings, yeah, will might yeah, still happen after Jan 2022. That sounds right. That yeah, I I can yeah. buy that. I I also think number of external meetings will reduce now that we've all gotten so much more used yeah. to they are talking this way. But uh, exactly, yeah. so, at least for our office, um, which we call a stadium, obviously it's hmm. sports. But <laughs> we've at least said that you know we'll be starting soon with only double vaccinated people allowed. So we're definitely right, right. not going to be in a hurry to allow outsiders to come into office for meetings. Okay. All right. Wow. Makes sense. So, Makes but then, yeah. So that's what, but then you're looking at least a couple of months down the line before you really start getting like any kind of masses of people in, right? I've got to assume most. Are, are you are commenting people. on the average age, Amit, of the Dream Eleven team? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm commenting on everybody. I think for us, we have the IPL starting September, mid September, and then right back to back with the World Cup, right? So I think there will be a fair amount of people who will want to come and be there. live in person when we're running IPL and World Cup on Dream 11 fantasy sports yeah i can see yes. that for sure i i i would think that especially the kinds of uh, especially you guys have all these live games going on like you know at that time itself so i think that it would be something that you know people would like to see leaderboards and stuff like that as they're going up yeah no no trust me the it's it's a lot of fun watching those concurrency numbers you know on our big displays in office in our stadium uh-huh. yeah. as the ipl game is about to start and you just see this like this huge surge <laughs> right it's just yeah. it's phenomenal it's it's every not every business gets to see like that kind of transition in minutes right and predictable predictable spurt of like 100x growth in minutes yeah. but it's also it's nerve it's nerve wracking for our tech team i think clever tap also understands the kind of different numbers we have one hour before the game and one yes. minute before the game right absolutely so yeah no we definitely do it's a it's a lot of fun Yeah. No, absolutely, and that's the energy we all miss. But you know, to, just to understand that a little more, uh, Harsh, obviously everyone knows today what Dream Eleven is, and you guys have sort of created the category you are in, especially in India, right? Before this, it probably didn't exist in 
in this current shape and form. Could you, you know, for everyone, our listeners, uh, what is, could you tell us a little bit of your personal sort of entrepreneurship journey to which led to this? We've probably read it before, but why esports, why fantasy sports, why this sort of sector you, which you honed in on personally? Yeah, no, I think every founder, I believe, should have a personal problem that they're trying to solve. It should be a problem that is deeply rooted in them and they need to solve it personally. Forget about the business, forget about everything else, right? The second part is that if it's a big enough TAM and you can get a good enough team, then you have a high probability of success along with that. But I think it also has to start with your with you yourself. Why do you want to do this? And why are you going to be there through all the ups and downs that every business will go through? Why will you stick through all of that? So it can't be like a trend or a fad or like, oh, you know, food delivery is hot. Let me go do some food delivery, right? Or like e-commerce is hot. Let me do that. Fashion is hot. Let me do that. It can't, I don't believe that those will create sustainable entrepreneurship, right? Because every business will have its ups and downs. And when you jump into a fad-driven entrepreneurship, the downs will hit you hard, right? right? So for me, I was a big fantasy sport. Look, I've been a sports fan my whole life. I've been I've played sports since, for my school, since I was like 10 years old. So I've been like into sports my whole life. And then when I went to UK to study in 2001 for high school, for college, I got hooked on to fantasy football there. And so for the last 20 years now, I have been addicted in the right way to fantasy football, EPL fantasy football. One, um, you know, open secret is that I don't play fantasy football on Dream 11. Uh-huh. That was, was going to be an obvious question. Yeah. Yeah. I play yeah. fantasy football on EPL's fantasy football. I also play on Dream 11, but my primary fantasy football platform is still EPL. Yeah. And fantasy cricket is obviously... Yeah, that's right. Fantasy cricket and fantasy NBA and baseball and hockey and everything else is obviously Dream 11. But it just goes to show the stickiness of a platform, right? When you create your league, your group of friends, you get used to a game, used to a platform, you'll never move in fantasy sports, right? Because it becomes your epicenter of watching sports with your friends. And um, that's when I got hooked on. And then 2007, I moved back to India after my engineering in U.S., and I was continued to be, I continued to be hooked on. And then when IPL started, I went looking for fantasy cricket and it didn't exist. Right. And then there was this huge market of cricket fans in India, which didn't have something that I believed was the core of any sports fans' engagement with the sport because of personal reasons. Right. And uh, I went out to solve that problem. And only one of my friends was idiotic enough to join me. He's my co-founder. And both of us idiots have been trying to like figure our way out for the last 13, 14 years now. Wow. And again, I said it's a category creator in India, right? Obviously, cricket was the sort of obvious uh, entry point and now you guys are across in all sort of sports. These are all because obviously there's a t- market for it in India as well, right? There are takers for people who like yourself maybe were playing on platforms abroad. And now they're getting to play on sort of a homegrown platform. Do you still feel it's a purview of these purists uh, or fans or sports fans? Or has it sort of expanded to now new sort of entrants of people who never even thought of? Yeah, it's a good question. It used to be a purist fan, you know, fan following for fantasy sports because it was season long. You had to commit to managing a team every day for months on end, right? And be on top of every team, what's going on, what's not, which players are doing well, injured, etc, etc. And so that was a model we started with in 2008. 
Right. Then four years, four years and many hard lessons later, we flipped to the model you see today, which was breaking down that season-long game to a per-match game. Daily fantasy, move, if you will. Daily fantasy, but daily fantasy is actually daily. It it includes oh. a bunch of games. Okay. We moved to the per-match model. Oh, okay. Right. So daily fantasy game is like Saturday fantasy football or Sunday fantasy football, so which might have games game, which playing. might have, yeah, which might have four or five games on there, right? We moved it to a per match because that's essentially what works in India also, right? The shampoo bottle versus a sachet showed us that people don't like to buy a whole bottle, even though it makes more economical sense in the long run. They like to buy sachets, use, throw, you know, be done with it. And uh, that's the same thing with fantasy football. We created the sachet version of fantasy sports. And that got instant gratification, um, was attuned to the low attention span of this generation and gave people an ability to only play fantasy sports for the matches they are watching. They don't have to worry about all the other players. So all the other sports you've also evolved into similar kinds of games where you're playing right. single match games? Well, wow, that's really yes. interesting. Uh, uh, it's very different from my experiences uh, that I've had in fantasy, right? Yeah. We, As a family, like, you know, we have a, a... A lot of my family is US-based, and I went to school over there as well. So they have this, like, yearly NFL fantasy football pool. Yep, yep. Right? Everybody puts in, yep. like, $5 ten dollars and whoever wins at the end you have your draft yep. you have your pool you have your league you have banter yep. i mean honestly that's the shampoo bottle right right so but the, like you know shivadete was saying that the the target market for that is magnitude smaller right so epl fantasy sports epl fantasy football right which is the one that i started playing and the one i continue playing religiously Right. Has you know has a hundred and fifty thousand Indians playing, and it's the number one fantasy football game in the world, and it has only a hundred and fifty thousand Indians playing. Interesting. Wow. And we have a hundred and ten million Indians playing on <laughs> yeah. So clearly, yeah. people don't you know the, those hundred and fifty thousand on fantasy football EPL are purists, and right. they will play every day, and they'll be on top of everything, right? And if you miss one game week. One game week in EPL fantasy football, you don't take care of your team. You're going to drop like tens of thousands of places immediately, right? And so it's very highly competitive. But the per match fantasy football, fantasy sports allows you to just play on the matches you're interested in. Get in, play, get out, not be concerned about any commitment whatsoever. That's the one that worked in yeah. India. Is, have you seen this uh, also sort of like flip in the uh, Western markets? Like how is it still from a business point of view, right? How is it okay for EPL to sustain on the old school model of fantasy, not evolve to how you have? Is it just because they don't see a bigger market or is it just because, is it an ARPU question of the of the countries they're in? What is it? Like, no, I think, I or think have you opened most, their eyes suddenly? No, I think honestly in most markets... Um, Fantasy sports is used as an engagement platform purely by the leagues. So they only are actually catering to that purest fan, which is really into it. And I think the leagues prefer that. So, for example, the IPL fantasy game, until recently when we've convinced them to move, start moving to a little more daily, until recently for the last like 10 years, IPL fantasy also had only season long. Okay. Because that is the purest version. That is the truest version of the game, right? And I would say most sports administrators believe more in the purest version of the game, which is why, you know, we have test matches being pushed also a lot, right? 
they're fans of the game, right? If you're an administrator, you care about. That's right. You're you're a fan of the game, so you like the purer version of the. And the sachet version is more for the consumerist view of the game. Exactly. That's right. It's commercial. Correct. No, and it makes perfect sense given, again, the kind of market we are in, of course, which yeah. is why I asked whether the, the US or the UK markets, all of these guys, if they even see that as a lucrative option, uh, maybe like you've yeah. said, you've given them probably ideas. But on the contrary, if not, does this also open up an opportunity for Dream 11? I mean, that was uh, also my future question, right? Where do you go from here? So look, for us, India is a huge market. We've got 110 million users. There are 800 million sports fans in India, out of which 500 million watch online sports, right? We've scratched the surface. We've, you know, I like saying that 10 million users is like product market fit in India. And until you have 10 million users in India, it's not even yeah. product market fit. A- anyone can get a million users, yeah. right? Because it's just such a large audience. And so I think until we hit about 250 million users, why should we even look outside, right? Let's focus on India. Let's solve the problem here. The sports market is pretty mature and saturated in all the big sports markets in the world. Like UK, USA, most parts of Europe, Australia, you know, these are the large sports markets and they're, they're mostly saturated. India, you can't buy a you know, 90% of the people won't know where to buy and 99% people. Let me ask both of you, where do you buy the Indian cricket team jersey? <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. I know the Reebok answer. Store? No, no, I Is know the, the answer store? because I think MPL sells them now. Right now, before that? <laughs> <laughs> that's That's just... That's just in the last few months, right? They just yeah, started I know, that. I know. Before that? Yeah, I had no idea. No, I, I, I'm guessing it's the stores. Yeah, physical stores. I can't think of anywhere else. My point is, you don't know where to buy the national cricket team jersey. Forget like, you know, domestic. Forget writing your name on it. Forget putting a number on it. Forget putting your, forget kids sizes, right? If you wanted to go to a match, let's say if you wanted to go to Eden Gardens or, you know, sorry, they, they've renamed it now, but Let's say you wanted to go to like Chinnaswamy Stadium or anything. Where would you, when you go to a match and you sit, you know, you're buying a ticket, what view would you get? Mm. You have no yeah. idea. Yeah, we don't have the... You know, you want Northeast, Northwest, Southeast, Southwest. You want behind the wicket, right? What are you going to see when you get that? I, I've seen that in the... Correct. Are you going to sit and have a pole in front of you? Right, the obstructed view seats and stuff like that, yeah, and like basically right. you get the like the video of what it looks like from your seat, or kind of That's like right. it's it's not exact, but right. I've seen that. I, I have seen that. Yeah, what you're about right. sports? What about sports memorabilia? Nobody knows yeah. where to buy like memorabilia. My point is that the sports market is completely. There's only one thing that works in sports in India, and that's broadcast. Broadcast rights yeah. works, right? Especially for the Indian cricket team. Even broadcast rights for everything else is picking up slowly, but it's not yet there, right? But it's it's picking up. Everything else in sports in India is pretty under pretty much undervalued. You know, underserved, undervalued, and the Indian consumer gets screwed because there's no one building that. Yeah. And so yeah. we are here as to answer your question, we're here to expand our fantasy sports offering to solving for everything that a sports fan needs in India. So we've started sports content and commerce and statistics with FanCode, a new product, which has about 20 million installs already. We have DreamSet Go, which caters to sports travel and tourism and going and watching matches live and experiences. Um, We have a fintech arm called DreamPay. We have a couple of investments into a sports astroturf solution, which helps you venue bookings for playing sports 
we have an esports investment and so you know the point is we'll keep expanding into sports we'll be looking at sports iot sports ar vr wow um, we'll look at everything to do with sports in india and solve the needs for our user base of hopefully 200 million users in the next couple of years on dream 11 will not just be playing fantasy sports but will have personalized sports products and services being offered to them under our group through different products so that's basically brilliant, right? moving beyond gaming and into like basically right. everything awesome everything experience sport, right? of sport and and that that builds on that's builds well on your i think the original point you made about an entrepreneur needs to be passionate about the core sort of core problem right. or the core area right so it's not that you're a tech entrepreneur who built an app for fantasy sports user base in india i'm a, I'm a sports fan to... i'm here to hopefully like help solve the sports problem wherever we see it interesting i want to dig in a little deeper uh, harsh uh, but what we'll do is just take a quick short break and then come back and talk some more So Harsh what are some of the major structural hurdles you see in sports as a industry right now in India right because i mean like you're right it is massively under supplied under supported under everything right i mean like con- compared to the size of the country versus the sports performance lies the sports participation lies all of that right so what are some of the major structural hurdles you think we need to overcome as a country for us to basically get to where you want us to be i think finally it gets to monetization right so the reason why IPL and BCCI is you know doing well is because their broadcast rights sold for a big amount starting with like you know I think it was 1992 or somewhere around there when right? Star Sports that, and that ESPN entered the country the the, the uh, first one yeah 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 that's right and then it kept getting bigger 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 today it's at par with all the top leagues worldwide now because of that the league gets money the BCCI and IPL make money the teams make money they spend yeah. on players the players make money and because the players are making money and they want better players they spend on grassroots development to create that talent pool and parents are now okay with their kids pursuing cricket as a profession because they're not trying to be those 11 players out of a billion people yeah. now if they can be top 1000 players in india they have a chance at a very decent you know revenue potential and a career monetization potential because of ipl and state cricket so state cricket is yeah. picked up because that's where the ipl picks up from the talent right yeah. and so the whole cycle keeps gets going we have to figure out how to monetize not just bcci men's cricket but also all the way down to state and you know uh, the state federations and below that the local federations right at the state level at the city level we have to figure out how to monetize those the minute the monetization starts working and that's why i'm saying you need to personalize maybe there's like a thousand people who want to watch the match right but that's a thousand more than there are currently because they don't have the money to um, produce that match of high quality and serve it on a digital platform even to those thousand people so we you need to take the airbnb approach not the marriott approach Today we're at a Marriott approach. The top five-star yeah, properties in sports. It's a princely game. Yes. That's right. The top, the top, you know, five-star properties in sports make money and everything's good and peachy and everything's great. But the homes, the the bottom, they are lying extremely inefficiently used and not utilized. Right. 
So that's the approach we are taking to solve the tier four, tier three, tier two games in India. And do you think uh, other sports are also going to follow similar models? Yeah, yeah. They- absolutely. So, so this isn't just for cricket. We we now have about ten or eleven sports that we right. that we uh, offer on Dream Eleven. So we. But do you think the other sports will see similar kinds of uh, prize money investment and all of that start to trickle down as the rights at the top become higher and higher? Yeah, sure. So look, that's what we do at Dream 11. We don't just cater to cricket. We cater to about 11 sports. And so we do cover cricket, football, basketball, kabaddi, hockey, volleyball, handball, baseball, American football. I mean, we cover so many sports. The point is to make India that multi-sport nation. And not just, you know, we are cricket obsessed. There's no running away from that. Are any of the other sports ever going to match up to cricket? I don't believe so. But can we move from a 100% cricket nation to, let's say, a 60% cricket nation? That's the hope. With all the other sports being 40%. What do you think is going to be number two five years from now? I'm sorry to interrupt your question, but I just, what do you think is going to be five years from now? What do you think is number two? Given that you guys see the up-leveling of different interests, huh? I think cricket, I think football and kabaddi are, I would say, pretty close to each other. At least on our, I can only talk about the data on our platform. But, um, you know, it's also skewed because football is not the most fantasy-friendly game because there's not enough events that happen in football that make it super mm-hmm. exciting for fantasy, right? Um, kabaddi, uh, basketball, cricket, they're all games where every minute the score is changing, right? Yeah. And so fantasy leaderboards go up and down every minute and that makes it exciting. But I would say I am surprised by the uptick on Kabaddi. But it's unfortunate that Kabaddi's monetization is not able to work out well enough to give it that kind of boost in production viewership. I think I think the I think Star, Mashal have done a great job with Kabaddi. I think Star and Reliance um, have done a fantastic job. Yeah. with football right but i think these two sports are especially the ones that that can grab 10% um, away from the you know each potentially i think awesome that's great to know uh, this is all from a dream 11 point of view right the the viewership numbers and all are totally different in in like broadcast numbers etc right Right. No, but again, I think that participation in fantasy to some extent, right, indicates how much passionate viewership there is, I think, in some ways. And I think that that... Yeah, but it's, like I said, yeah. it's, it's a little skewed based on the game also, right? Like, for example, football, I think, has viewership much more than what it what fantasy right. would represent. Oh, it's just those people are not on... Because yeah. the fantasy isn't so interesting for them to play. That, that's right. The per match fantasy for football isn't as exciting. Mm. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I can see that. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. But overall, I think the the takeaway I have definitely is that you're basically catering to sports fans. So it might be that you are also doing broadcast <laughs> uh, in at some point. <laughs> I wouldn't, so, so I wouldn't on, keep that. on fan code, on fan code, we've already started doing a lot of like streaming deals. Where right. we stream a lot of matches, but again, we are focusing and FanCode focuses again on solving the problem rather than being one more solution to a solved problem, right? Which is tier one sports viewership, right? The whole point is that tier two, tier three, tier four sports matches don't get streamed properly. You don't know where to watch them. There are pirated feeds, and there's some at the tier four. They don't even get produced because the economics don't work out. Fancore is focusing much more on that tier 4, tier 3, tier 2 matches. 
so we are doing streaming but we are focusing on a different problem but uh, so but still within the like uh, domestic cricket setup or yeah. are we yeah. uh, or are you looking at like uh, i i'm just thinking again like uh, comparisons of different places and like you know how sports ecosystems develop right like for example in europe they often do the basketball leagues which are kids basketball leagues and growing up and you can start seeing that in the us you can see college sports on television yeah. all the time as well right so are we talking about that kind yeah. of thing which is even broader or are we still within the quote unquote professional infrastructure when you're talking about tier 4 and tier 3 uh, cricket no so we we strictly we strictly cater like on dream 11 we follow um FIFS which is the federation body right. of indian federation of indian fantasy sports we follow the code that they have set which is like only to cater to matches which are blessed by the global federation body for each okay. sport so for example icc approves bcci bcci approves state federations state federations approve um district federations we will only cater to those games because we want to okay. okay. we want to make sure that they are professionally approved and they are they're also under the anti corruption unit they we count make, yeah okay so you won't do to user user generated sports that's no uh, no no we don't want to do like uh, if you're playing gully cricket with your friends we don't want to stream that <laughs> and, and do fantasy sports on it and you know do all of that so no well that's someone else's app idea i'm sure uh maybe but, maybe but this is this has been great uh hers thank you so much for taking the time uh, oh. and uh, sharing this thank with us uh, i'm sure i'm sure we'll uh, you know continue to see the rise of dream 11 everywhere and uh hopefully meet you guys at the stadium in the next 6 to 9 months yes i hope so i really hope so no uh, thanks a lot for awesome. having me it was a pleasure thank you thank you so much cool thank i i also really quickly like to th- uh, remind everybody please do a review on itunes or spotify or wherever you're listening to this that really does help us a lot we would appreciate the support and harsh is also on twitter and linkedin and uh you know where to find dream 11 so i won't yeah. i won't have to do that shout out Yeah. Thank you. No, thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks guys. See you. Thank you so much.